Good morning, Radiate Church. Let me take just a second again, and thank you for jumping online to this digital experience today. I know the weather outside is frightful. You missed it by just a few days, or uh, uh, almost a month of Christmas uh, weather, uh, but I know it's, it's, it's nasty outside, it's rainy and, and icy, and hey, listen, we, we see nothing more important than meeting together and gathering together in God's house and at church, but we wanted to keep you safe as well, so we just wanted to do a digital experience today to make sure that you were safe, to make sure everything was good, but we still want to get together, we want to worship together as a family. We want to dive into the word together as a family. And hey, don't you forget to go and check out those life groups that are available starting today. Go ahead and look at the life groups, what's out there. Talk to your spouse, talk to your friends, recruit some people to join a group with you. It is going to be amazing. One last thing before we jump in the message today. I want you to, we've already said it, but I want you to do it again. Make sure you share this video. Share this video uh, on your social media feed so we can get as many people as we can watching this and learning about the goodness of God today. And man, not only that, Dude, what a set by Radiate Worship. I mean, those guys, they bring it every single week. Pastor Chris and his team do a tremendous job leading us into the presence of God and worshiping with us. And so I love it. Uh, just share it. Let's get as many people as we can on here and back in the house next Sunday morning. Hey, we are in week three of our, our New Year's, if you will, series called Win. The year, when the year, so when the year is all about this, right? When the year is all about what do we do, what kind of habits can we form? Now watch this, I'm not concerned about how we start, I'm concerned about how we finish. We can start fast and finish slow. We want to start fast and finish strong. We want to get to the end of the year and have these habits in place that are impacting not just goals in our life, but impacting our lives for the entire year. And so we're developing these habits. We're talking about them. Week number one, we talked about the habit of flipping the script, answering to the name that God has given us, answering to what he says about us, believing the promises he has for us, not the negativity in our minds, not the frustration and all that that the enemy will feed to us. No, 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 but answering to the promises of God. And then week two, last week, uh, we talked about faithfulness, eat the frog. And so faithfulness is consistently chiseling away and doing what is right, no matter how we feel, and doing it because what we do is who we will eventually become. And so we, we talked about faithfulness and what faithfulness looks like. And so today, I want to keep building on faithfulness, right? So we're, we're creating the habit of flipping the script. We're creating the habit of consistent faithfulness. Continue moving in the same direction for a long period of time and trusting God, white-knuckling those promises God has given us. And today, I want to I talk about the idea of finding the plumb line, right? So the habit of finding the plumb line in our lives. Write, it, write that down as your title today as you take notes uh, from your living room. Finding the plumb line. I want us to create a habit of what it looks like to not just be faithful, but what does faithfulness look like? I want us to create a habit of showing faithfulness, of living faithfulness out. What does it actually look like? And let me just go ahead and tell you this. So we've been talking about this being Life Group Sunday, Life Group Release Sunday, right? The groups don't start for a couple weeks, but we're releasing them today. Uh, and so you can go ahead and get signed up and get prepared. But watch this. It is really hard to live a life of faithfulness, a really hard to live a life of faithfulness when 
don't have a group around you. We need people around us. We need people that are going to hold us accountable, people that are going to challenge us, people that are going to make us better. That's why we need life groups. We need to get in these things, and we need to do life with others. We weren't created to do life alone, and if it's up to us to hold ourselves accountable, most of us are going to fail every single time, right? We need other people to hold us accountable. So let's get in a group. Hey, let's turn in our Bibles to Zechariah chapter 4. Verses 6 through 10. Zechariah is in the Old Testament. Zechariah is an Old Testament prophet, right? And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about something that is in Zechariah chapter 4 that is really, really interesting, and it's a prophecy to someone named Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. I know it's fun to say, right? But we're going to talk about Zerubbabel. And uh, we're even going to learn a little bit about Zerubbabel as we get into this. Let's read Zechariah chapter 4, verses 6 through 10. It says this. It says, um, Then he said to me, the Lord, uh, said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Now remember, don't get freaked out when you read this is the word of the Lord. Because some people think prophetic and prophecy is kind of creepy and weird. These guys in the Old Testament, that's how God communicated to people. That gift is still living and active today. The prophetic gift, prophecy, all that stuff. And certain people that have that gift, it's still there, right? I know we can think it's weird and all this, but God speaks through people, speaks to their destiny, to their future, to whom they will be, all those things. And in this day, that was the only way God spoke to people was he would speak through a prophet and speak it to someone. So he's speaking to Zerubbabel, right? And it says, this word of the Lord to Zerubbabel saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Right? We're going to keep reading, but I know you've heard that before, and you've been encouraged by that before, so that's where it comes from. Watch this. What are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain, and he will bring forth the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Let's keep reading, verse 8 through 10. Also, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house, and his hands will finish it. Then you will know what the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. Verse 10, For who has despised the day of small things? But these seven will be glad when they see the plumb line. Y'all underline that, circle that, highlight that in your Bible. When they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel, these are the eyes of the Lord which range to and fro throughout the earth. I think it's interesting, right? you got a prophet named Zechariah. That God is speaking to a man named Zerubbabel. But I think it's, it's, it's always a good idea to know context and to know the characters that you're talking about. What is the point of what is taking place here, right? So Zechariah, the book, is a prophecy to the Jews to rebuild the temple that King Nebuchadnezzar destroyed whenever Babylon, or the Babylonians, took over Jerusalem. And he destroyed the temple as a sign of authority that King Nebuchadnezzar now rules Jerusalem, not Jews. And then he exiled the Jews from Jerusalem to, the Bab uh, to Babylon uh, with the Babylonians. Zerubbabel comes in, and Zerubbabel was a political leader. But Zerubbabel was a political leader that led groups of Jews several years after the Babylonians had taken over Jerusalem. Zerubbabel comes in. The Babylonians are being destroyed. And now the, the Jews are now released from captivity with the Babylonians back to their homeland of Jerusalem. And so Zerubbabel is one of the guys around 538 B.C. 
he's one of the guys that are leading these guys back to the place of their hometown, back to where they grew up, back to where their religious traditions are in Jerusalem. And shortly after 538 B.C., when he's leading these groups of Jews back to their hometown, he begins rebuilding, him and the Jews begin rebuilding the temple. They laid the foundation and things like that. So in around, this is where we are in the story, right? He's already led the Jews back from the Babylonian captivity. They're going into Jerusalem. They're beginning to rebuild. So 538 B.C., where we are in the story, is around 536 B.C., where the rebuilding of the temple is about to take place. Place. This is a prophecy of what needs to take place. He began rebuilding the temple about 536 B.C., and he finished around 516 B.C., and, 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 and it's really interesting to see those timelines, right? I just wanted to give you some context, because sometimes if we're not careful, we can read the Scripture, and we don't get the context, so we don't know how powerful what was taking place actually is. And so what's happening is, is Zechariah is speaking to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel has pulled and is bringing the Jews back to Jerusalem from Babylonian captivity, right? He's apparently laid a foundation, but he hasn't began rebuilding quite yet. So we're somewhere between 538, 536 B.C. when we're reading this scripture, it seems, right? And it's a prophecy of that. Now watch this. God tells Zerubbabel, he says something interesting. So he's in this thing, and Zerubbabel's done a good job. He's exiling these guys back to Jerusalem from Babylonian captivity. And he looks in verse 6, and he says to Zerubbabel, God goes, uh, this is the word to, him, to Zerubbabel, not by might, watch this, nor by power, but by my spirit. Here's what, watch this, watch this, get this. A man that just was a political leader that was well thought of, a man that helped lead the Jews, right, from Babylonian captivity back to their hometown. And now God is coming to him through a prophet and saying, hey, it's not by your might and it's not by your power. It is only by the Spirit, the power of the Spirit of God in you that anything will take place. And it's almost this moment where it's like when you do something good, right, or I do something good in our life. And you're kind of proud of it. And there's nothing wrong being proud of it. And somebody comes along and they're like, hey, just remember, there's other people that helped you do that. Like, Radiate Church is, God is moving like crazy around here. You're like, we're doing a make, we're feeding people every single month, helping them when they need a meal. We're buying tires for families whenever their families are struggling with cancer. Like, we're helping, like, that's just things we've done in 2021. We, 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 we're helping ministries, right? We're doing this, and we're doing all this stuff. God is moving. He's restoring marriages. We're seeing incredible things take place in the midst of pandemics. He's restoring confidence. He's He's bringing people back to a place to where they're, they're walking in their calling. We're going to launch a campus in the fall of this year in Florence. God willing, like all these things are taking place, right? But I can't do any of that without our leaders and without our staff and without our team members that serve this church. I can't do any of that without you coming to church and being a part of what God's doing here and praying with us and believing with us, all that. That's kind of what Zechariah our God through Zechariah is saying to Zerubbabel, hey, you did good, but don't forget, it's not by your power. It's not by your strength. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that any of that can take place. And it reminded me of a reality that we need to grab. 
is that it is time if we want to win the year, watch this, if you want to win the year, and if I were to take a poll, and if you were in the room, I'd say, how many of you want to win the year? The whole room would be full of hands. Right here, Pastor, I want to win the year. I want to, oh, I want to win the year. I want to win the year. Yeah, right here. All of us win. Maybe you're on their couch. I want to win the year. I hope you do. But if you want to win the year, and I want to win the year. Now get this. I'm not talking about having success without God. Because that's not success. I'm talking about if you really want to win the year. If you want to get to the end where God wants you to be. If you want to get to the end with your faith and your family. If you want to win the year. We have to learn to stop striving. And start striding. That's a word. If we want to win the year, we got to stop striving and start striding. What's the difference? Striving is within my might. I strive for everything. I'm reaching for everything within my might and within my power. I'm going for it. I'm going to make sure you know everything that I do in my life because I got I to gotta have the affirmation that you're proud and you know everything I've accomplished in my life. You got to know that I, I went and I got, the, I got the CEO job because I worked my tail off 14-hour days and I read leadership. Yes, it cost me this. And yes, it cost me. I'm striving for it all i'm working harder than i ever thought i would i'm striving i need you to know i don't care if i ruined your life in the process as long as you know what i did see when we're striving how do i know i'm striving when i'm striving all i can talk about is all that i do it's not about who i am it's not about what i'm becoming it's not about the lives I'm impacting. It's not about the people I'm serving. It's not about what I'm doing. It's not about what God's doing. It's about, here's what I did. I, I, I worked hard at this. Now listen, striving should, or not striving, should not be um, confused with laziness. I think we work. I, I believe in this saying that, 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 um, that Mark Batterson has, that we should work like it depends on us. And believe and pray like it depends on God because it does. I think we work and I think we work hard. And I think we do what we need to do to steward what God's given us well. But when I strive, it's all about me. But when I stride, duh. When I stride, then I'm walking with God. When I'm striving, I'm making my own path. It's my power. And it's my might. And I'm going to push through. And I'm going to get through. But when I'm striding, it's, hey, God, what are we doing today? Hey, God, where are we at today? Hey, God, who are we going to impact today? Hey, God, what do I need to pray for today? Hey, God, what do I need? Because I walk at his pace. He doesn't walk at mine. Striving is when everybody has to catch up to me. Striding is when I walk with God. It's a big difference. And so I got to be at a place if I want to win the year to where I got to learn to stride and not strive. I got to stride with him. I got to wake up in the morning and go, God, where are we going? And the only way we get that kind of relationship with God is faithfulness. 
It's walking it out. It's getting in the Word. It's knowing. It's knowing what I'm reading. It's, it's worshiping uh, to the songs. It's, it's spending time in His presence. It's understanding more than what I've been taught and digging into things that I don't yet know. See, everything opens up to a relationship of revelation with God whenever I get to a place of striding because I'm not worried about what you think about me. I'm worried about where He's taking me. And when we learn to stride, we can, we can win, man. We can go places we never thought we could. And so Zerubbabel is in this thing, and he's begun laying the foundation, but he has not yet finished the temple. And he's brought the Jews from Babylon over to Jerusalem again, and they're getting settled. And God goes, hey, just remember, what's about to take place of rebuilding the temple through you, it's not going to be by your power, and it's not going to be by your might, it's by my Spirit. Hear me, you want to accomplish great things, it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to get not just in touch with God the Father, not just in touch with God the Son, we have to get in an intimate relationship with God the Holy Spirit and let Him equip and empower us. And it's interesting that in verse 10, it says this, it says, for who has despised the day of small things? I don't know about you, um, I'm, I'm wired in a way, I like big things, I like new things, I like shiny things, I like progress, I like big stuff, right? That's where I'm at. I would imagine Zerubbabel is probably that way because God has to speak to him and say, Zerubbabel, this is essentially what he's saying, Zerubbabel, I need you to not despise the day of small beginnings. You know, God had to speak that to me at one time whenever I was mad because we started with four people and other people were starting with 200. There's still days today where I get mad that we're 550, 600, you know, whatever the number is, 5, 550, 600, whatever the number is on Sundays. I'm like, I know we got more in us. We should be inviting more. I see what you're doing in here, God. God goes, don't despise the day of where you are. Walk in it. Because what? Watch this. What was the small beginning he was talking about? It was the foundation that he had laid. See, the foundation is what everything else is built on. Maybe the small thing that we're despising and we're mad about is the very thing he's going to build everything else on. And how I receive the small thing, how I steward the small thing can determine what's built on top of that. I can't get ready for big things if I can't be content with small things. And the way that I get ready for big things is I become a good steward of small things. Because watch this, if I stay ready, I don't have to get ready. So when a big thing comes my way and I've been getting ready by stewarding the small things I've got and I've been faithful with the small things, if I've been faithful with 500, I'll be faithful with 5,000. See, the reality is this. The reality is this. If I stay ready for anything God wants to bring my way, I don't have to get ready when he brings it my way. Some of us, we get caught in the blessing because we weren't ready until it was time for the blessing. And now the blessing has become a burden rather than a blessing in our lives. If I stay ready, I ain't got to get ready. And he looks at Zerubbabel, he goes, don't despise small beginnings and he makes a weird analogy he says they will be glad in verse 10 when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel what is a plumb line and why is it important so Zerubbabel led them back to Jerusalem right 
He's laid a foundation for the temple to come about, and now he's got to have a plumb line. And so it's, here's what a plumb line is. Plumb lines work whenever you're building something. Plumb lines are like this. It's something that you grab so that when it's time to make a line that you're going to follow moving forward, you take a string, you tie a weight to the end of it, or a plumb bob weight is what it's called, and what happens is you let it fall. And when it falls, guess what happens? It creates a straight vertical line. Why is that important? Because if the plumb line is straight and you build from the plumb line, you get where I'm going, everything else is straight thereafter. And so faithfulness is finding the plumb line and building from the plumb line all the time. It is going, I have a plumb line. Why were they excited that Zerubbabel would have a plumb line in his hand? Because they knew that it was going to be done right, and it was going to be done with excellence, and it was going to be done by the hand of God, and he was going to do it the way God wanted it done. What if in our lives we had a plumb line, and something that allowed us to walk in faithfulness, that when it fell, it created a straight line that we could walk down? See, the plumb line is important for us. The plumb line isn't just something that's, you know, in the Bible and it's like, what does that mean? No, a plumb line is a starting point. A plumb line tells us what's straight. A plumb line tells us what's square. A plumb line tells us where to start. We have to create a habit of finding the plumb line. What is the plumb line in my politics? What is the plumb line in my addiction, uh, uh, my addictive personality? What is the plumb line in my relationship with God? What is the plumb line in my marriage? See, the plumb line is usually not what we think it is. The plumb line is not how attracted are you to your wife. The plumb line is, well, how does God say that we have a godly marriage? The plumb line to an addictive personality is giving in whenever I feel it. No, the plumb line is what does God say about all of those things? See, the, the plumb line is usually not what we think it is. Watch this. In Luke chapter 16, let's flip over there real quick. Luke chapter 16 in verses 9 in ten, or, or verse 10, not 9, it says, He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. What does that have to do with plumb line? The plumb line is faithfulness. Find the plumb line. Find the plumb line at your job. Find the plumb line with your kids. Find the plumb line with your marriage. Find the plumb line with purity. Find the plumb line with everything that you do in your life because the plumb line is the starting point for it all. The plumb line is the faithfulness. The plumb line is where it begins. The plumb line changes everything. And if I can learn a habit of always looking for the plumb line, here's the problem. Most of us don't know what the plumb line is because we don't know what he says the starting point is. Where's the faithfulness? And what does he say in Luke 16, 10? In red letters. So Jesus says, plumb line is how do you treat 
when you don't have? How do you treat what you wish you had? How do you steward what I've given you, not what you hope for? See, here's what faithfulness is not. Faithfulness is not giving when I'll get more. I hear that all the time. I'll give more when I get more. Faithfulness is not serving when I have free times. Faithfulness is not spending time with God when I'm not quite as busy. Faithfulness is not loving people when they agree. See, faithfulness is not that. Faithfulness is generosity no matter what I have. Faithfulness is serving others even when it's difficult. Faithfulness is spending time with God even when life has worn me out. Faithfulness is loving people regardless of their opinions. Because watch this, faithfulness doesn't start with opportunity, it starts with the heart. Faithfulness starts with the heart and the plumb line comes from the heart. And I don't know about you, but I just feel like in my life in 2022, if I can find the plumb line and I can walk out the plumb line and I can get to a place to where this thing right here is going and is setting the straight line and I can build off of this, then maybe, just maybe everything built on this may last because it's going to be straight and it's going to be square and it's going to be a foundation that I can build on. It's going to be a foundation that creates a legacy for my kids and it's going to be a foundation that creates a legacy for my church and it's going to be a foundation of generosity and of love and of temperament that loves others in a place to where we just chase after God see this is the plumb line the plumb line for relationships is to not do life alone it's the plumb line we have to create a reality and a habit of chasing the plumb line. And Jesus sets the plumb line for us. He sets the plumb line of sacrifice through the cross. He sets the plumb line for the importance of relationships through the relationships he has with his disciples and now with us. He set the plumb line for the importance of generosity by always seeking ways to give instead of receive. He set the plumb line because he is the plumb line. Let's always create a habit in our lives that finds the plumb line of Jesus first because he loves us and because he cares about us so radically and he gives everything to be with us. And in closing, what I'd love to do today is I'd love to, I'd love to pray for some people that may be watching this and you may be going, I, I don't have that relationship with Jesus. I haven't given him my life. I haven't given him everything I've got. I've never prayed the prayer of forgiveness and ne never submitted my life in, in submission, in total submission to him. I've never done that, but I want to. And if that's you, I want you to know that the plumb line's been set. And all it takes. The Bible says if I believe in my heart and, and confess with my mouth that he is Lord, then I shall be saved. I have to believe it. And I have to declare it. I'd love to pray with you today. All over the United States and beyond. When you close your eyes in this moment, I want us to pray together as one family. Dear Jesus, I love you. Thank you for the sacrifice that you've given of your life to give me life. 
Thank you for showing me what love looks like and feels like. Thank you for being the plumb line. Right now, I ask for forgiveness. And I give you my life. I submit everything I have to you. I submit everything I have and everything I ever will have. I submit my past, my present, and my future. And God, I honor you. And I worship you. And I just pray, God, for salvation. Walk with me. And thank you for giving me room in the family of God today. If you prayed that prayer and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you're ready to step forward every moment of every day from this moment forward, I just want to tell you congratulations and welcome to the family of God. What I'd love to do is ask you that if you prayed that prayer and you gave your life to Jesus today, that was God. God called me during the prayer asking how many people <laughs> gave their life to Jesus. I'm just kidding. If that's you and you gave your life to Jesus today, I'd love for you to text the word CONNECT to 803-205-2487 and let us know that you accepted the gift of salvation today. We'd love to walk that out with you and we'd love to be a part of that with you. Hey, listen, I'm honored that you were with us today. I'm honored that we get to find the plumb line. I'm honored that we dive into the scriptures and we dive into the word together. I'm honored that we get to do life together. I'm honored that we get, I get to see you next Sunday, fill this room in all three 8, 30, 10, and 11, 30 experiences. It's going to be amazing. Let's keep pushing forward in the midst of everything going on in the world. Let's pack the house. Let's watch Jesus change lives. And let's go ahead and go to radiatechurch.net slash groups and let's find out what life groups are out there and get one, sign up for one today radiate church i love you so much let's go change the world